NFL Films Music means it's time for another edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Yeah, two days in a row I released the Wednesday podcast on Thursday. You thought I'd release the Friday podcast on Saturday. No, 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 no. I can't let my people down. I was uh, encouraged this week when I spoke with Eric in Belmont County. He of Crossroads Farm, two words on Facebook. Get your awesome grass-fed beef, lamb, Get chicken, get pork, whatever you need from uh, Crossroads Farm in Belmont County. Eric told me that he listens to the We Tackle Life podcast, and he appreciates the faith portion of the podcast, and that he needs more podcasts, and that he really liked it when Chris and I were doing them three days a week. And I was like, well, I'm supposed to do them three days a week, but I got sidetracked, and I had COVID, and I coughed, and I couldn't stop coughing. And so I took a little bit of a pause. But here I'm back. So uh, we get the third podcast of the week out because I uh, think there's some interesting things to talk about today. So we shall talk about them. There is, as you well know, a lot of uh, news headlines these days about abortion, about the Supreme Court draft opinion on abortion and a lot of protests. And Mother's Day is this weekend. And man, I sure hope that the headlines that I'm seeing about protests in Catholic churches on Mother's Day do not prove to be true. But here's the thing. I'm pro-life. I believe that being pro-life is unquestionably, inarguably, uh, a godly position. And so my, uh, my mission in life is to do everything I can to sustain life and to give people a rich life through faith in Jesus Christ. We'll get to the sports here in a moment. But I'm working into an opportunity for you to perhaps, perhaps if you're so inclined and you want to put your pro-life views into action, you can buy all the things you're already buying for your home. I'm talking about, you know, personal care products, shaving cream, lotion, deodorant, toothpaste. You can buy cleaning products, soaps, dishwasher, laundry, uh, all those kinds of things, vitamin supplements, protein power, protein bars, protein powder, protein bars, And all that from a company that's pro-life, that's family-owned, that makes its own products. It does not manufacture them. It does not take other people's products. It makes their own. And sells them direct to consumer. It's not a pyramid scheme. You don't have to sell their stuff. All you have to do is buy it for yourself. And you find out about it by getting in touch with me through uh, friends who share my pro-life views and pro-America views um, at PatriotSwitch.com, PatriotSwitch.com. Go to PatriotSwitch.com and click on Bruce Hooley in the down menu. You'll hear from me, either text, email, phone call, maybe all three, and we'll set up a time. I'll talk. I'll tell you more about it. I'll tell you how to become a member of this private shopping club that is pro-life, that is a family company, that is an American company, and that I support and that I buy our household goods from to the extent that you know we can. They don't make everything, but they make a lot of things, over 400 products, and they're really good. So check them out, Patriot Switch. Dot com. How did you hear about us? Bruce Hooley. Okay, we're going to talk a lot about na- uh, name, image, and likeness today and money in college sports. And perhaps, perhaps very soon, money in high school sports. Yes, the Ohio High School Athletic Association is looking at green lighting name, image, and likeness for high school sports. Okay, if you don't know, name, image, and likeness is basically the allowing of everything that college athletics used to never allow. (laughs) Players to be paid by advertisers or boosters for their name, their image, and their likeness. So you can lend it to a company, advertise for a car dealer. If you're EJ Liddell or Michi Johnson, they advertise for Reichert Ford. 
um, you know, you can you can do that, and you can get a car. Jackson Smith and Jigba got a tricked-out truck from uh, Rick Reichert at Reichert Ford. Beautiful truck. And the, th- the thought on the part of the uh, dealers, uh, whether they are, you know, and, and you can make money off social media, you can make money, you can make money anyway. I'm just using Reichert as an example uh, because he m- made a, a beautiful truck for Jackson Smith and Jigba after the Rose Bowl. That, of course, used to be illegal. Well, now it's totally legal. And uh, now it may come to high schools. High school kids may get paid for their name, image, and likeness. Now, I'm trying to think this through. I understand the value, the potential value. Let me say that. I don't know if it's exactly returns all the money for, I don't know how many trucks you have to sell to make up for giving Jackson Smith and Jigba free use of a truck. But on the high school level, uh, I would think it would be more limited because let's take a kid from Dublin, all right? So you got three high schools in Dublin. You got Kaufman, you got Jerome. And you have um, uh, Kaufman, Jerome, and why can't I think of the other one? Um, Sciota. Sorry, Sciota. If you're a Dublin business and you hire a kid from Dublin, Jerome, don't you alienate the people from Sciota and Kaufman? <laughs> I think you do. Like, let's say when Brady Quinn was playing at Kaufman. If you hire Brady Quinn... Or Chinadam and Dukeway, who was his top wide receiver. Uh, you know, there was no Jerome then, but would uh would the would the other people at Sciota want to buy something if Brady Quinn as a Kaufman quarterback was advertising for it? I don't know. That's why I wonder how much real appeal does this have? Now, you know where I'm going with this. Could this become a nefarious recruiting thing? Uh, yeah, of course it could, <clears throat> because uh, the private schools in Ohio could get kids to come to their schools, or schools that have open enrollment could get kids to come to their school and get a booster to pay them to advertise for his business. He doesn't care if the kid really brings in any business or not. All he cares is that the kid plays for his school. That's theoretically possible. So I don't I, – I, I'll tell you this right now. I'm not in favor of it at the high school level. I'm not in favor of it at the high school level. I think it's a bad idea. I just think it introduces all kinds of problems. I, I'm actually not a fan of it at the college level, but I'm, but I'm not against it at the college level. Okay, that's two different things. I'm, I can be a fan of it, and I can be for it, I am neither a fan, but I am for it. I'm not a fan, but I am for it. It's I'm for it because if coaches are going to make $7 million a year and athletic directors like Gene Smith are going to make $2 million a year, then I think the kids who are really the attraction should be making money. But again, am I a fan of it? Do I think it's good for college athletics? Do I think that it's good for the future of college athletics. No, I don't. I don't think it's good for the future of college athletics. I think it is going to gradually diminish the interest in college athletics. I don't think people are going to feel the same affinity for their schools when the veneer of the poor college kid who's there playing for good old State U is taken away. I know that's not always been a real 
true motivation for a kid. That's why I say the veneer. But nevertheless, people thought, oh, they're in it for the student. They love the school. Blah, blah, blah. No, not really. <laughs> not really. But it doesn't matter if you believe it, right? What did George Costanza say on Seinfeld? It's not a lie, Jerry, if you believe it. Well, that's not true, but it is a lie, even if you believe it. But in terms of marketability of college athletics, people who thought, oh, this guy's all in. He came here from L.A., but he really loves Ohio State. Well, he came here because he wanted to get to the NFL or he wanted to get to the NBA. So uh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to have a vote of all the schools in the state, and it's going to be a simple majority thing. They've got 800 and some high schools. And I don't know who's going to vote for this, and I don't know who's going to vote against it. I, I could see where the rural schools might say, eh, sure, let our guys make a couple of bucks. Who cares if uh, Lane Sarver from Tri-Village gets paid by a business in New Madison? That'd be good for Lane. That'd be good for his family. Uh, who cares if Gabe Cups at Centerville gets paid by somebody in Centerville? There's only one high school in Centerville. I, mean, I assume there is. So, yeah, why not? Gabe Cups, get some, get some, uh, get a little money from, you know, Centerville Elk Pizzeria. But um, I would just think it would be something that coaches don't want to mess with. Now, here's the thing. A player like Gabe Cups, a player like Gabe Cups going to Indiana, Gabe Cups might get a deal from Adidas because Gabe Cups plays on an Adidas AAU team. A lot of these high school basketball players, this could bring more of the AAUization of high school basketball, these guys could become so locked in on their shoe brands that they won't even consider playing for anybody who doesn't have that shoe brand in college. There's some of that now. I heard a little bit of that uh, buzzing around Gabe Cups, and that's why he went to Indiana. I don't know that I believe that because Gabe Cups doesn't seem to me like a kid who would be beholden to a shoe company. Um, I sure hope Gabe Cups rethinks his attendance at Indiana because I'd dearly love to see him at my alma mater, Ohio State. But that's what's going on with name, image, and likeness in uh, high school sports. And I thought one of the best quotes I've seen about this is from one of the smartest guys I know who is a coach, and that's Garen Stokes, the head football coach at Dublin Kaufman, formerly the head football coach at Minster, two-time state champion at Minster. And uh, Garen Stokes says, Gabe Cups has been offered a lot of money, and it would change a lot of things for him. I'm sure there are negative things about it, but he is an American, and if we live in America, we should be able to make money. If people offered you or me the money, we'd take it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, Garen Stokes is wrong on that. So I just think it'll introduce headaches for high school coaches with jealousies and instances of recruiting and losing good players and Lord knows high school coaches have enough challenges as it is without having to balance whether people are happy because they're getting paid enough money to play high school sports. Am I a throwback? Am I a get-off-my-lawn guy if I say that I would like people to play for the love of the game at least in high school? At least in high school could we play for love of the game? Because you know where this is going to go. Eventually, we're going to have in a state that allows name, image, and likeness, we're going to have a bidding war for the next LeBron James or the next Gabe Cups. Hey, come on over here and play. We'll move your family here if you'll play here. You laugh, but well, maybe you're not laughing. Maybe you go, yeah, that's possible. I think it is possible. I think it is possible. And I just would like something, something to stay innocent. And if it's possible that it could be high school sports, 
then good. But I suppose that's a foolish uh, request on my part. I hope it's not a foolish request on my part that you get your coffee from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Great coffee. Fantastic coffee with a fantastic mission. They buy their coffee direct from growers around the world. Nicaragua, Ethiopia, Thailand, Indonesia. They sell it directly to you. The grower gets more money than he would if he went through a government middleman or some third-party buyer. Then those growers, because they're mission-minded, they take the money, they use it in their local economies, and a lot of them, a lot of them, plant churches and further the gospel in the areas where they are located. So I love Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, love the mission. Check them out online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, and use the promo code we tackle life. We tackle life in all caps, and that'll get you a 15% discount when you order chocolate, tea, coffee, or whatever you want. Many flavors, light, medium, dark roast at hemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. All right, so I was speaking about Gabe Cups going to Ohio State and hoping Gabe Cups would go to Ohio State. Uh, they are uh, set at the point guard position now with their latest transfer, Isaac Likely, 6'5 from Oklahoma State. Not much of a shooter. But he's a big-bodied guy, and um, so they've rounded out the roster with Isaac Likely in case you missed that on the Wednesday podcast. Speaking of Ohio State, if I wish they would have had this in place when I was a student athlete, uh, although I was a walk-on and I didn't get a scholarship, so I guess I don't know that I would have been, uh, been included in this. But they're going to start paying, you heard me, paying athletes academic bonuses academic bonuses so i've always found there to be this dichotomy at ohio state where if a guy is failing and you want to find out what courses he's taking or what his gpa is or how many hours he needs to get eligible oh we can't tell you that no 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 we can't tell you that that's a private information private information that'd be a violation of some federal statute okay fine and then every fall, they like, hey, could you do a story on the number of guys we have on the Big Ten academic honor roll? Could you do a story on the number of people we have who are eligible for the Big Ten Medal of Honor? Like, if it's a violation to tell me about their bad academics, why isn't it a violation to tell me about their good academics? I never understood that. So I always felt like, hey, my job is to write about guys and what they do on the field, on the field. I'm not going to write about people in the classroom because, frankly, really, nobody cares. So I never did that. But now they're going to pay scholarship athletes six grand a year if they meet certain academic standards. Right now you're saying, oh, well, are they going to have to get a 3-5? Are they going to have to make the dean's list? Are they going to have to be full-time students? Are they going to have to? Here's the deal. So so I was looking for this, too. Um, and they're not going to discriminate. Pistol, rifle, swimming, diving, tennis, women's soccer, women's rowing, men's lacrosse, whatever. If you're a student athlete at Ohio State, here's all you have to do to get two $1,500 payments in the fall and two more $1,500 payments in the spring. The requirements, get ready kids, do not include grade point average thresholds. Huh? They do not. So what do they include? Ask yourself, how hard is it to hit all these benchmarks? Athletes must be fully enrolled 
maintain good academic standing with the university, earn minimum credit hours, meet NCAA-mandated progress toward degree requirements, and earn all available academic progress rate points. So essentially, all you have to do is get a C. (laughs) You get a C, and you are fine, and you are flush with cash. Freshmen are also eligible to pick up academic bonuses over their first semester enrolled. Oh, my goodness. This is is crazy. How much will this cost Ohio State every year? Six million dollars. Six million dollars. How many schools in the Big Ten do it? Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, Nebraska. Five of them. There are 14 schools in the Big Ten. How long do you think there will be only five paying for academic progress? Not very long because it will be used as a recruiting wedge, I am sure. Now, of course, Ohio State can do this because it's one of the richest of the rich. Uh, They have typically in a good non-COVID year, $200 million in revenue. Remember, nonprofit entity, kids, nonprofit entity, colleges and universities and college athletic programs are non-profit entities. So excuse me if my eyebrow goes up when I see that Ohio State's athletic department coming out of COVID had a $64 million operating shortfall. Remember, no people in Ohio Stadium. And how are they going to fill that shortfall? The department is expected to receive an interest-bearing loan from who? Bank One? From Household Bank? From Buckeye State Bank? From Park National Bank? No! No, not from a bank. The department is expected to receive an interest-bearing loan from the university this year. Huh? Aren't they nonprofit? They're holding on to, like, at least $64 million that they can loan to their athletic department? Uh, Does anybody else want to know how this works besides me? This is why I'm out of sports, man. This is why I am out of the sports game, because Ohio State fans get all mad at me where they're like, oh, what are you asking these questions for? This, this is not, okay, let me let me acknowledge. This is not only an Ohio State thing. This is every school. But the cost of college is skyrocketing across the country. And these schools have billions, not millions, billions in endowments and now they got to pay people who are getting scholarships for C work in class. I just think that a little bit more ought to be expected um, of your of your Ohio State athletes. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people don't don't feel the same way. Oh, it's all for the scarlet and gray, whatever. But to me, that seems a little bit fishy and a little bit. Um, um, overly generous. The endowment at Ohio State as of 2021 was $6.8 billion. $6.8 billion. And in-state tuition is $28,664. Not room and board. Tuition. So there you go. Um, that's where you're at. Um, so... Uh, so be it. Now, as for money, more money, more money talk, more money, more money talk here. Gene Smith, the $2 million athletic director at Ohio State, 
as making a plea today under the byline of uh, Billy Rabinowitz in the Columbus Dispatch that, oh, it's a major headache to police the name, image, and likeness abuses. Who could have thought that some schools would take advantage of allowing boosters to pay players for their name, image, and likeness? Yes, everybody's hands shooting up right now. And I got to tell you, I find it amusing that Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, which is certainly among the top five platforms of influence in college athletics, along with who? The athletic director at Texas, the athletic director at Notre Dame, uh, the commissioner of the SEC, the commissioner of the Big Ten. Those would be the schools. Uh, Gene Smith is complaining that not enough is being done to police name, image, and likeness. His quote to uh, Billy Rabinowitz is, We're in the wild, wild west right now. We are leaderless as we move to whatever we're going to move to. And we need to move to something. Those of us who have been in it a while need to begin to speak up. We need to begin (laughs) to try and galvanize people around something. Well, call me crazy, but if you're the AD at Ohio State, and you knew name, image, and likeness was coming, why are you leaderless right now? Why are you saying that we need to begin to try to move, to begin to try to galvanize people? The Big Ten, I always hear from Kevin Warren and others that they are on the forefront of doing everything better and before everyone else. So feel free to take the lead. Gene, feel free to take the lead. Kevin Warren, feel free to take the lead. Ward Manuel at Michigan, feel free to take the lead. If you saw danger coming two years ago with name, image, and likeness, why did you sit on your administrative duffs and trust Congress to get involved in it or trust do-nothing Mark Emmert and the NCAA to get involved in it? Why didn't you get involved in it? And why didn't you do something about it? And so I find this to be a little bit uh, disingenuous because there is no way that Ohio State is going to come up short on any kind of NIL initiative at Ohio State unless it's just via pure laziness and incompetence. I mean, just in the middle of March, Urban Meyer returned to Ohio State to run some nonprofit NIL initiative at OSU. So he runs the thing called the Foundation, which Brian Schottenstein, who's one of the biggest donors to Ohio State, where do they play basketball? Oh, right, the Schottenstein Center. Uh, so, I mean, there's millions of dollars floating around at Ohio State. And uh I just, you know, for Gene Smith to say, oh, it's the wild, wild west, and rah, rah, we're, you know, he's, he's giving you the impression that they're at a disadvantage. They're not at a disadvantage. And um, they'll never be at a disadvantage unless, as I say, it's through laziness or just being slow on the uptick. And if you're saying that it's time to get involved and time to galvanize, maybe you are a little bit slow on the uptick. But uh, I don't think the, they, they lost the kid, Nigel Pack, from Kansas State. To Miami, the reports were because Miami arranged for Nigel Pack to get a car and like 800 grand. My question always with Ohio State on NAL was not would they afford it. It was would basketball players 
get close to what football players get? And would there be negative recruiting done against Ohio State basketball because a kid like an E.J. Liddell or a kid like a Malachi Branham or a Nigel Pack didn't get as much money as he could get at, I figured, it, I figured it'd be Kentucky or Louisville or Duke or Carolina. I didn't figure it'd be Miami. I mean, if Miami can come up with more money and more perks for Nigel Pack than Ohio State, then we need more rich Ohio State boosters who love basketball. We either need to develop them or we need to crowbar their wallet open so that the Nigel Packs of the world don't get away. But that is a really all that is going on in the headlines as it concerns Ohio State, and it's all money-related, and it just kind of makes me feel creepy, like I need a shower. like, And that's why I say I, I'm, I'm not an NIL opponent. I'm just not an NIL believer. I'm not a believer that it's good for college or high school athletics but I am not an NIL eliminator because, again, these coaches and ADs are going to get stinking rich, and they are, then the players ought to be able to, too. I just think it's one of those be careful what you wish for situations because I'm not sure that players are as identifiable if what money they're making for being a player gets publicized and if fans see them using Ohio State as a way to get wealthy rather than a place to get a college degree and also play sports. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about my friends at Willis Spangler Starling. They're great attorneys, fantastic attorneys. Their firm is growing. It's growing because they are succeeding at representing clients on a spectrum of issues, not name, image, and likeness, although they could do it. Personal injury, wills and estate planning, employment law, social security, disability, all the big questions when it comes to the law, Willis Spangler Starling are great at doing it. You'll find them on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Okay, in the faith portion of the podcast today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about faith through the prism of current events. And since we are going to be hearing a lot about this draft opinion from the Supreme Court about abortion until it is issued as a final opinion, I wanted to just go back and look at some of the things that are said about this particular issue and apply biblical truth to the things that are said. And it's depressing to me when I contemplate the furor over abortion in our country, because anytime you get outside of the design of God for societal behavior, you're going to have all kinds of problems. And I don't think you can foresee the level and complexity of those problems until they unfurl in front of your very eyes. Roe versus Wade was a Supreme Court decision in 1973 that allowed for abortions across the country. And obviously, um, you know there's passion on this issue. You know there's um, a lot of verbiage around it that proves not to be true uh, in terms of 
uh, well, now they're going to, abortions will be illegal. No, if the Supreme Court opinion is rendered as it was originally drafted, abortions will not be illegal. I wish they were, but they will not be illegal. They will just be, the decision will be turned back to the states. The states will vote if you, uh, the state legislatures rather will vote. And then those representatives elected by the people will make the laws regarding abortion in that state. So there will be many states, most among them New York and California, that will allow for abortion. And there'll be other states, Oklahoma, perhaps Ohio, where they will not allow abortion. That that will be the will of the people. So those who say that democracy is under threat because of abortion you know, rights being taken away via the overturn of Roe versus Wade. They're not being honest with you because it's really the epitome of democracy. If people vote representatives into office and those representatives uh, make their decisions um, according to their voters and constituencies' wishes on abortion. So there's a lot of talk about it. But but if you really, we, we, we sometimes look at an issue and we start to think about uh, how the Bible applies to the issue without looking back deep enough into the issue. So let's look back, 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 as Chris Berman would say, at abortion. Abortion results from pregnancy. Pregnancy results from sexual intercourse. And what does God say about the only proper place for sexual intercourse to take place? God says the only proper place for it to take place as a blessed union is within marriage between a man and a woman. Okay? Pregnancies outside of marriage are the result of sinful behavior by the people who have engaged in intercourse resulting in the woman becoming pregnant. I know this is like very elementary, but we sometimes forget about the elementary clarity on an issue like this. So I was curious because we just got to the point where we're like, we slip right past the morality of sexual fidelity in marriage. We skip right past it in the abortion debate. And really, if you want to come at people from a faith perspective on abortion, and that's a life in the womb and la, 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 la. I mean, that life has resulted from either a an, a blessed act of sex and marriage or of a sinful act, sex outside of marriage. There's only, there's only two ways that you can get pregnant, okay? Like you either do it when you're married with your spouse or and that's great and fantastic and that was what God said, be fruitful and multiply. That's spiritually ordained. Or any other way is a sin. It takes place outside of marriage. So this shows this idea that, you know, wow, we don't even talk about the fact that, you know, you got pregnant and you're not married. I wanted to know how many married women get abortions. That's what I wanted to know. How many? What percentage? My hypothesis was most people who get abortions are single. They're not married. So I looked up the numbers and I'm right. Per 100 births in the country, the number of abortions among unmarried women, for every 100 births, there are 39 abortions of unmarried women and five of married women. (laughs) Okay? And that trend is 
100% in effect all the way back to 1973. Now, there's good news in that in 1973, the rate of abortions among unmarried women per 100 births was 140 among unmarried women in 1973 and 7.6 among married women. So both numbers have gone down appreciably. The unmarried number from 100 and what was it 140 to to 40 and among married women from 7.6 to 4.6. And what you see is abortions have declined over the years, but there's, you know, more people, so the decline, the percentage decline, they've gone down in numbers significantly. But still, the ratios between the number of unmarried people who got pregnant amid a sinful act, sex outside of marriage, and those pregnant who want to end their pregnancy inside of marriage, it's way out of balance, unmarried. So if we just not engage in sexual activity in a sinful way, save it for marriage, we'd eliminate most of the abortion issues. So when I see activists screaming, yelling, throwing things, being almost demonic in their anger, it makes sense to me because I think, well, you're already, according to the numbers, so far outside God's plan for your life because you've been leading a promiscuous lifestyle, sleeping around. And I know that most of us cognitively know that, but sometimes it's just helpful to pause a little bit and go, well, of course, Sin, sex outside of marriage, begats more sinful behavior. Now I got pregnant. Now I'm going to kill this baby. I'm going to abort this child. And that's not where it ends either because anybody who's giving you the straight scoop on abortion will tell you that women who get abortions live with all kinds of psychological complications, guilt, shame, physical complications many times. And so... Sin is one of those things, like, also subject to the law of sowing and reaping. What you sow is what you reap. You reap more than you sow, and you reap it later than you sow it. You just do. You sow little teeny kernels of corn. You get millions of kernels of corn with all the corn that it grows. You don't get it the next day after you sow it. You get it much later. But you don't get beans when you sow corn. So you get what you sow later than you sow it, more than you sow. That's the principle of sowing and reaping. Likewise, with the sin of sex outside of marriage, you're going to get a lot of times a pregnancy. And then if you compound that with an abortion, then you're going to get psychological damage, guilt, shame, health issues. Maybe you won't be able to have children anymore. I mean, it's just, it just perpetuates itself over and over and over again. And so it's sad for me to see this phenomenon and many other phenomenons in our society where people try to justify, well, I'm, I'm an adult, I can sleep around if I want to. And uh, Yeah, you can. You have free will. Are you outside God's plan for your life? Yes, you are. Whenever you're outside God's plan for your life, are you taking a chance that he's going to try to get your attention with consequences for your actions? Yeah, he is. And 
do bad things happen to good people? Not everything is the result of sin. Yes, they do. But you're just much more able to live a life of peace and contentment if you follow in God's Word the way He tells us to live because a God who loves us enough to send His Son to die for our sins is a God that would not give you faulty instructions for how to live your life. It would stand to reason that if he's willing to sacrifice his own son to redeem you so you can spend eternity with him in heaven, would he not also want your days here to be maximized in terms of joy, peace, and contentment? I think that is a very logical conclusion. And so the statutes, commandments in the Bible are not in there to take away your fun They're in there as guardrails to keep you from going over the cliff of the mountain and bringing upon yourself all kinds of consequences that come with that ripple in the pond. So that is where I stand on the genesis and the delineation of the discussion on abortion is that it very oftentimes is a person who has already gotten outside the bounds of God's plan for their life and feels like they need to fix it. They need to fix it. I'll take care of it, whatever. Well, all you're doing is setting yourself up for more trouble down the way. So that's not what any of us want uh, or certainly should not want. So with that, I will uh, leave you to uh, your weekend. I'm very appreciative of your time on the We Tackle Life podcast. And I appreciate that you guys have been, a couple of you have been clicking on PatriotSwitch.com and that you have been patronizing my friends at Willis Spangler Starlings at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. And don't forget my guys and my ladies at AUINFO.com because they will help your business stay in business with lots and lots and lots of awesome nonpartisan advice when it comes to picking benefits plans, AUINFO.com. With that, send your emails to WeTackleLife at gmail.com, WeTackleLife at gmail.com. And we will talk to you again on Monday on the next edition of the Life Podcast.